Hola, soy Lola, and you're listening to the Three Count Podcast. Welcome everybody now to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. I am your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. That's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. You could call me a Sherpa, you better call me your Sherpa. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have somebody who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me, it's about who's entering the ring. And so today, you can find this man at 1CW, SWA, SWO. Warriors of Wrestling, ESPW, DCW, and EWA. He is the arsenal of the casuals. Pops, if you know him, resident of, I'm sorry, resident of Haas of the Goons and the affiliate of Art of War. You see him right there, right next to me. Give it up for A.K. Willis. I do not deserve that intro, but thank you. You're too kind. I, oh yeah, I did forget to tell you that I do these these big intros. That's great. I love it. I'm I'm all about it. Makes me feel great. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, one man, welcome to the show. And it's uh, gotcha. it's awesome I appreciate to have it. Thank you, here, you, man. Yeah, thank you. It's awesome to be here. Thank you for having me. That, so we met actually at One CW a few. Actually, like last month we met. And then we yeah. met each other. We ran into each other again at SWA. But I'd always, I'd always heard about you, and I'm like always trying to like catch up. But like we had Jason on, and I was like, "Well, I have to be AK." I was like, "There's no doubt about this." Yeah. <laughs> but I always feel weird, man. Like I tell people all the time, I always feel weird because like I hate sliding into people's DMs and just being like, "Hey, yo, you want to be on my podcast?" Because I feel like that would be kind of weird, just doing that. It's okay. Uh, just, I mean, how you know, well, you don't, it's, it's the same as like reaching out and hitting up a promoter. You know what I mean? Cause right. I would always ask for advice on that kind of stuff. And it's just like, what do I do? They were just like, just ask, you know, I mean, you put together like a professional approach and everything like that, but, but you know, but um, there's always this thing about like thinking you're too thirsty or like not wanting to come off with like, well, I mean, it's just, you're asking for a job, right? So, I mean, you have to ask. <laughs> That's the first part about getting a job is you got to ask. So, I and that. I mean, I mean it's, you got to be a little more persistent, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's um, nothing weird about it. If you want to, you know, if you want to do something, just ask. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I look at it anyway you know? yeah and that's that's the thing though it's like it's, it's always like I always tell myself too it's like the worst the worst that's gonna happen is they're gonna say no they're not really saying no to you they're just saying no to the idea I was like so yeah, you for sure. just go ahead and do it but I always yeah. I still trip dude because like even like sending messages to women like female wrestlers I understand you know, that that yeah. one I'm just like nah I was like I'm gonna wait to meet you in person and that way you can just <laughs> a creep <laughs> it's tricky it's it's tricky with that kind of stuff man i mean thankfully i'm not in a position to where i have to reach out to like any female talent that for anything <laughs> really right. but i could imagine that you know what i mean it's it's probably easier to just i mean but at the same time like i said if you have like a professional approach just like hey like this this is what i have you know what i mean like it yeah. doesn't just if it doesn't deviate from male to female and it's like literally the same thing then i guess it might not come off as creepy but i mean you never know everybody's different 
like you said, some people just say no to the idea and not necessarily you. So, yeah, I mean, it's whatever. No, yeah, I was so <laughs> I was joking with Chaz because um, you know he's the he's the other host of the debate show, and uh, mm. we I was joking with him and I was like, dude, like I at one time I think I sent out like two hundred responses, and I got fifty six back. And out of the fifty six, I think we got fifty five of them to agree to be on the show. So it was kind of cool, but dope. then it was it was very nerve wracking. But then even the one that got no right i got my my no to like i wrote this big email i included like links and i did like all the works right mm. and then i got a one word email back <laughs> just no <laughs> no i was like you know what not even mad <laughs> uh, listen i mean you know what's crazy about no is that they got it and they answered you know and I personally, if I reach out to a promoter, like that's the worst feeling is to get no sold when you reach out to a promoter because like, okay, you're taught to like put together these like professional approaches. So it's like, like almost like putting together a resume. You don't want to hit up a promoter and be like, hey dog, what's up? I see you running such and such up the road trying to get on the card. You ain't going to do that. You know what I mean? Unless you're like friends with the guy already, which in that case, what's the point? you know but like uh you know so you gotta dress it up he was like you know good afternoon or how are you doing sir or ma'am or whatever and you know you have to express your interest in working and then attach like promo pictures and then match footage and you gotta make sure the match footage is like like do they want whole matches or do they want clips it was like okay well i'll include both you know and then it's like so you do all of that it's like okay this part's good i got my best promo picks you know my very best promo picks you know i i deleted these and added these so i thought these were better and then i said no these are better so i went back and added them and then uh you know i very carefully selected my very best footage and you send it to these people and you just you get left on red and it's like (laughs) (laughs) you know you go through all that and it's just like nothing but that's honestly it's like the name of the game when it comes to like getting like start like wrestling it's just in general and not even just getting started just like indie wrestling in general like unless you have a name because i mean if you really think about like the like in the grand scope of the business there aren't that many names i mean there's a lot of people in wrestling that have names but when you really think about it there's way more of us like on a certain level to where we're having to reach out to different promoters to get work you know and so like we're those people who are going to have to reach out and you hear there's so many I've gotten no sold more than I've gotten no you know and no is okay because no means okay they watch my footage at least I feel like they watch my footage they read my message so they see (laughs) that I'm professional you know they see that I'm professional and they see uh you know my approach and they and like and it's never been like a stone cold no it's always been one guy I got I'm sorry, I'm rambling. <laughs> no, 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 by all means. This, the one thing that, okay, so to be fully transparent, right? This is something that um, on the show, like, and mind you, I think this is like 194 episodes. Mm-hmm. No one's ever brought up the wrestler resume. Like, that's just not a topic that ever gets really? talked about. So now, <laughs> full transparency for all those at home watching, 
uh yeah you have to have a resume put together and like yeah. ak is like letting the, you guys know like well, this happens and, and, it, and it varies so let me let me let me preface this by and it's crazy too because you started out calling me a veteran and i'm like dog i've been wrestling for like four or five years so it's like i mean i appreciate it and it's like i'm not new or anything but like i mean i've I've been doing it long enough to be able to tell people this kind of stuff, obviously. And like, I've learned from people who've been wrestling longer than I have. And even people who haven't been wrestling longer than I have been, been like farther than I have and done other things, you know? Um, it's the biggest part of this business is just like listening to people who know more than you and like applying it to literally everything. Yep. Like that's, that's like, you have to do that. <laughs> you have to do that or you won't go anywhere. But anyway, like I was saying, um, like, uh, where was I? I was on the resume, right? Yep. We were talking about and, how you had reached out to somebody. Yes. So I reached out to this one guy and uh, he didn't give me a yes, but he had actually asked me. He was like, it's so weird because I don't want to like, okay, so it's, and I'm not, this isn't like heat or anything. This isn't like I'm saying anything bad because I'd still work for the guy. And I, I don't know if it, the answer would change between then and now, but when I reached out, uh, he looked at my, he looked at my, uh, uh, my, my pictures and my footage and he saw that like, I had a gun like on my gear. Right. And I think he, he was like, well, we run a family show and I'm just not how sure how, I'm not sure how the gun gimmick will go over with, you know, the family, uh, uh, gimmick and, and, and the, the atmosphere. So would you mind working under a hood? And I was like, I, so <laughs> You know, okay, so on one hand, I, I, I'm no diva at all, whatsoever, period. I'll go, I'll, I'll go, you know, not anywhere and do anything, but, you know, I'll, you know, if, if it's work, I'll go do it. You know what I mean? And that's like right. actually a part of my, that's actually a part of my resume. When I tell them, I was like, I can fill, I can service, I can fill any role that you need, uh, heel, baby face, tag team, singles, whatever you need, I can fill the role. Um, I always make sure I say that. And then he was like, would you mind working? You know, do you have any other kind of like secondary gear? And it's like, I have like a lot of gear, but <laughs> it's all got the gun on it. You know what I mean? And it's like, I guess I'd never considered having gear that didn't have that on it. But it was just a weird because I've never been put in that position before to where someone's asked me, OK, well, uh, you know, can you wrestle under a hood? Because <laughs> your gimmick's too violent. And I'm like and it's not violent it's 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 literally just a play on words like i don't i don't like do a gun motion with my hand i don't <laughs> i don't pretend to shoot people i don't even talk about guns with me like i don't even you know it's none of that you know what i'm saying yeah and i i think it just came down to like a misunderstanding because the guy was like super old school but like at the same time he was thanking me for be like he was like you know i really respect the way you approach me and he's like a lot of guys don't know how to do that and a lot of guys really you know so he's like you know i could tell that you know whoever uh trained you or whoever you learned from was old school based on your approach and you know i really like it and i'd like to work with you but the gimmick thing is kind of a hang up with me and i was just like um you know I, I told him no <laughs> and I wasn't being stuck up about it uh but the thing about it is it's for me I'm 33 years old by the way I'm 33 years old I'm married I have three children now and it's like I love wrestling I love it to death you know as much as I love anything 
and I haven't reached my ceiling with wrestling, but at the same time, um, and I'm stealing this uh, from from my buddy uh, 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 Rob Robbie Radke, and he says this a lot, and I agree with him completely. For wrestling, for me, if I'm going to do something, I want it to help uh, further and progress my career, but at the same time, I want it to be artistically fulfilling. You know? Um, And that doesn't mean I'm going to be picky about what I do. That doesn't mean I'm going to like everything I do or anything like that. But um, if you're going to give me the choice, and it depends on what promotion it was. um, Now, if this was like like an MCW, or like a, uh, you know, like a PPW up in like Pennsylvania, like one of those promotions that's clearly like the biggest in its state or area, you know what I mean? One of those promotions where you just say it and everybody goes, oh, that's awesome. You get to work there. You know what I mean? Then I'd be like, sure, man, I'll go out and buy a mask right now. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> you know, because you get on a place like that and it leads to future work, you know what I'm saying? But uh, we weren't, and no disrespect to this particular promotion, but we're not talking about that type of place right. that asked me to do that. And I was just like, you know, uh, just going to respectfully decline to work in the mask because it's it's outside of my comfort level. Um, and which is saying a lot, cause I've done a lot of things outside my comfort level and uh, it, it was just, I don't know. It was just, it just didn't feel, uh, right to me so i I said no (laughs) and it's weird yeah it does it's weird because uh you know there's a lot of purists and like people who just uh you never say if anybody asks you to do something then you do it if a promoter wants you to do something but i mean like at the same time you're a performer this is art to us you know what i mean and part of being a wrestler uh it it is making it uh and but that's even that's up to interpretation making it is really in the eye of the beholder what you consider making it um you know you could consider getting on a show and just being booked at the same place for four or five years and just not wrestling anywhere else that might be making it to you i mean obviously it's 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 uh subjective but that's not even a point i'm trying to make it's just uh you know at the end of the day like we're performers and you know it's an art form that we have and you know we our characters our personas what we do when we break the curtain is that's us painting on the easel you know and uh it can be rough giving somebody else that paintbrush um at this stage in your career you know because at this stage in your career you're you're on the road you're doing reps uh you're doing seminars uh training camps you know all this other kind of stuff and you know you're preparing yourself to be able to go to uh hopefully potentially like you know an impact or like an ROH or something like that where somebody else is going to have the paintbrush you know right. um you know but at this stage in your career like you got the paintbrush and like it's your artistic vision and you're trying to you know get the people that you want to book you to buy your paintings you know to buy into your art and yeah it's it's buy- interesting man because like you you talk about it like you know full transparency it's funny how you were talking about you're 33 i'm 36 so i definitely can like relate to the idea of like you're not picky and choosy you're just like you you know like hey like this is just not something that i want to do so you just kind of like defer from there and then you move into like another section where you're like all right 
I like this place because it's, it's one of those things. And it's funny because you talk about making it. And it's something to me. It was like my dream for my entire life was just to be a pro wrestler. Yes, man. Just yes. Walk in the door. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Once I started training and taking bumps, everybody's like, all right, well, you're training to be a pro wrestler. You're not quite there. Then the first mm-hmm. match I had was a tape match for uh, C3W. And then mm-hmm. after that, it was my first show was actually at SCWA in Glendale, West Virginia. Okay. And then I, at that point, that's when everybody was like, all right, now you're here. <laughs> okay, so I've, I've now accomplished my childhood dream. Now I have to dream bigger. And yes. it's, it's crazy to think like once you hit that, that, that workload, now you have to keep pushing out farther. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's weird, but it's really cool at the same token. Because like now you're like, Oh, well, I'm saying, I feel like you're at college, right? And then you just look around, you're like, all right, I made the college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do I want to do now? <laughs> I, um, you know, and it's because I'm already doing way more in wrestling than I thought I would. And so, like, when I started, um, shoot, when did I start training? Oh, my gosh. I started training, I think, when I was, like, 28. So we're talking, like, 2016, I believe. And uh, when I started, it was just because I was a yarder, you know what I mean? And so the problem I ran into, and we're talking, I guess, 20, like 14, 2015. And the problem I ran into, which is that I started doing the backyard thing, right? And it was fun, but like there were things that I wanted to do that number one, I didn't know how to do. And number two, the people that were there didn't know how to do. So I found myself in this position where I was like, man, I, I feel like I want, I, like I want to wrestle, you know, I want to do more than just like look at a television and like sit and like pretend to do the things that are on. like, I want to learn how to wrestle, you know? So I was like, all right, I can't do this anymore. And number one, like, and I always told myself, I said, I never, ever forgive myself if I injure myself <laughs> to the point of not being able to wrestle in somebody's backyard. You know what I mean? Like, I never forgive myself. Uh, so, like, I remember starting um, <clears throat> when I started training and literally all I, just like you said, all I wanted to do was just wrestle. You know what I mean? Like, the goal from day one was to break somebody's curtain uh, wearing my own wrestling gear in front of a crowd and just wrestle, you know, to get that entire experience, you know what I'm saying, in front of people. And uh, I did that, and I've done it a lot now, you know, and it's like, like you said, you get there, and it's like, oh, so so what's next, you know? Um, And then you start to learn about the business some, and it's like, okay, well, it's crazy because the things that you wanted to do, the things that you looked up to doing, you get there and it's like, it's not small potatoes, but at the same time it is, it's like, okay, I, I look at where I was like my year one, there are places that I lose sleep over not being able to work that don't even exist anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? To put it in perspective, you know what I'm saying? Like I would lose sleep. Like I would, you know, reach out to these promotions or, you know, talk to the promoters and I do ring crew set up security, stuff like that. And I couldn't get put on the shows. They wouldn't book me. And I'm like, yo, I don't understand. Like I'm doing what I'm supposed to here. They've seen me in the ring. They know I can get around and stuff like that. And I granted I was still green. So like, I wasn't for the best, but 
you know, and I was like, I'm hungry. They know I'm hungry. I'm, I just want them to invest in me. And it's like now, where I'm at now, <laughs> I probably would, if that place was, if those, the places that I'm talking about, if they were still around, I'd probably say no at this point, <laughs> which is crazy, you know, to think about. And it's like not me being big league. That's just the places that they were. But that's like you tend to outgrow. Them. You tend to outgrow. Like even like, yeah. because that was something I learned, right? And I learned it pretty, I learned it. I've learned it, right? And I'm probably going to relearn it as we as I get further along in my career. But like when I first tried getting in, right? Like I was working as a mercenary character and it was like very serious. Like I had like all these serious promos like I was cutting, but I noticed that I wasn't connecting with it and then I was struggling. But then what I found yeah. myself was like I started to grow out of it a little bit. And then like yes. once once Sicken saw like me explode and just start really talking like the shit that I wanted to do he was like well why don't you start doing that in matches it's like uh because you guys told me you want me to go this route he's like dude just be you (laughs) he's like just open up and be you and I felt myself just like explode and grow and then like other people were like getting behind me and they're like and fellow colleagues and stuff like that they're all getting behind me they're like no go do that be that person be this guy like you're having so much fun do this and keep doing it and I'm like mm-hmm. now and then I can I can feel myself like get bigger in the character that I, I work with and it's it is a trip though like to see yourself and this is only and we're talking like you know eight months worth of like just mm-hmm. you know changes happen mm-hmm. and then the character goes through all these changes you talk about you don't have a gun spot I don't know who has a gun spot in any organization. Uh, right? <laughs> like, okay, right? <laughs> I thought about that when I was saying it, and I was like, yeah, I don't do gun things at all, but I know people who do. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, 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 and it, it, it's funny that you say that. And to kind of piggyback off of what you said, it's um, it, uh, things change like when you start to wrestle and that like there's a part of that artistic vision but like and for me and it's it's like that with everyone too so like when you start wrestling like there's two th- things that happen and um and uh, uh Travis Banks uh he was he he actually had a hand in training me um, when I started a uh, big hand in training me actually and he told me and we talk all the time and um you know we've spoken on this a couple times there's a couple things that happen as you progress in your journey, you know, for wrestling or whatever, the very early on, you're going to get to a point where you get it and like things are going to click, but it's twofold. So like things are going to click for you as far as wrestling. So like, and what I mean by that is, okay, so you get in the ring um, and training and you learn the fundamentals, you learn how to run ropes, you learn how to bump, you learn how to transition from one place to another, you learn your footwork, uh, you learn the different parts of a match, you know, you learn how to put a match together, you learn how to call, all that kind of stuff. So many moving pieces, all the nuts and bolts, you know what I mean? And when you're new, you're thinking about that stuff all at the same time. So like, like your brain is literally like in uh, you know, overload during a match because it's not muscle memory yet. It's not in there yet. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you're thinking about it all the time. And that shows, you can tell who's green and who's thinking about, you know, what's coming up next in a match, as opposed to the guy that's just, you know, he's, 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 he's vibing, you know what I mean? And so at some point in your wrestling journey, that's going to click, you know, and it's just going to click and you're going to get it. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect at it, but 
you're going to get so many reps in or you're going to feel comfortable um, with all of those things that the pieces are just going to be there. It's going to be a puzzle that you've had put together already. So then, then when that clicks, the character stuff, that leaves room for the character stuff. You know what I mean? Like engaging with the crowd, heat, um, actually portraying, you know, your artistic vision, who you are as a person to the crowd and the people, you know, that you want to buy it, selling yourself to the people, you know, that stuff's hard to do when you're just thinking about what's going on in the match. You know what I mean? And like, so that's the second part of it. Eventually that's going to click to who you are, who you want people to see that you are, who you want to sell to the people, which is, you know, to your point is just, and that changes so much, <laughs> you know? And, uh, I remember, dude, when I first started training, like I, okay, so my very first gimmick that I wanted to do was going to be like a boxer, you know what I mean? Because I'm like uh, a big fan of combat sports, right? So I was like, in my mind, I'm like, all right, so I'm going to have these like boxing trunks and I'm going to have like tax tassels and I'm going to have like boxing like shoes or whatever. And like my moose set's going to be like a bunch of punches or whatever. And so my first thing that I noticed that I realized behind that was that I'm not traditionally trained in boxing. So here's the thing. Like, I know about boxing. I love boxing as a sport. I love MMA as a sport. But I didn't want to pose. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to be a poser. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you either go take boxing classes to own this gimmick or just be a little more creative and develop something on your own. Okay, so the boxer thing fell through. Second thing I wanted to do and I was going to do like an African prince gimmick, which in my head is still going to happen at some point in my career. I don't know when, I don't know how, but like, it, dude, dude, I had it all fleshed out, right? And so like back in the day when I was in high school, uh, one of the people I looked up to was, he started off as a wrestler, but now he's just a man. He's not just a manager, but he's a manager. He's been in the business a long time. Prince Nana, Right. And he wrestled for uh, ROH, like, back in the day. When I say R back in the day, I mean, like, early 2000s. So, like, he was, like, early pioneer days of ROH. And then, you know, he became a manager. And um, he had this group called the Embassy and everything like that. You know, he was, like, a prince. He's, like, African royalty, rich guy kind of thing, right? And so, like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, yo. And I was talking to Killian. I was like, dude. I want to do this African Prince gimmick. Like I have it all mapped out in my head. I'm like, yo, I'll have, you know, this gear and it'll have, it'll be like this flowy, like uh, African royalty type gear. And I'll come out to the ring and I'll have like rose petals that I'm walking on, like coming to America, you know what I mean? And like all of that, right? <laughs> and, and it's doable, but I was like, you know, and I was like, I think I'm reaching a little far uh <laughs> as far as like just breaking curtain and i'm like dude i don't even know how to wrestle all the way and i'm talking about i want to do like an african prince gimmick and all this kind of stuff um and i think the gimmick just kind of came along with the, the same way um that you said uh your, your trainers were like just be you and they were like yo i mean you see how you get around in the ring and like basically your persona um with how you move just think about the people that you looked up to in the wrestling business and the people that, you know, kind of help mold your interest as far as wrestling and take after them. Like, what do you like when you watch wrestling? You know, what do you like? What do you, 
who did you watch when you were younger and you go that that person made you want to be a wrestler that person made you want to do that in the ring and so for me it was a few people so ron simmons Farouk, um booker t uh people like that you know what i'm saying and so we're talking like and it doesn't even have to be like no nonsense like a mean black dude because it's like i think i feel like that's kind of played out you know uh but it's like, you know, serious can be serious, you know, but like when he wants to, Farouk can be funny. When he wants to, Booker T can be funny. He can be hilarious, you know, but at the same time, you're looking at guys high impact, but at the same time, like athletic um, really can be good. And it's just like, those are the people, like the way that their moves, their move sets, like their personas, like those are the people that I wanted to be when I used to watch wrestling, you know, and I took after those people. And so you think about that and you start to develop like the moves you want to do and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like your persona just kind of builds from there, you know, and it becomes you. And like you said, your, your wrestling persona is who you want to be. I mean, it, it's who you are, but just like turned up to 11. Yeah, You know, it's not the eighties anymore to where you have to, it's not the eighties anymore where like you're Adrian Adonis in the ring, you know, <laughs> but outside the ring, you're, you know, you're just uh, like a suit wearing regular guy. It doesn't have to be that, you know, you can be you in and out of the ring, just turn the volume up when you hit the curtain dog, you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> it works, you know? And that's something that like, I genuinely like enjoy about wrestling is that like, you can be, you can be literally anyone. <laughs> you just That's you great have part. to believe like in what you want to do and then like put it out there and sell it out there. And uh yes. it was it was something like at one CW, like even when I showed up at one CW, I was like, yeah, I was like very I'm obviously like walking on eggshells because I'm the new guy in there. But as soon as I mm-hmm. hit the curtain and broke out, I was like, Yep, this feels familiar. And I just like yeah, <laughs> full yeah. character. Let's go! Absolutely, and I'm just ready to go into, go into cruise mode, and then just like I don't know. It seems to be like a lot of people remember me now with, especially showing up at One CW. That the choke slam spot is definitely something I see a lot of people talk about, and mm-hmm. like taking that bump. So I'm curious with you, man. What's been one of the worst bumps that you've taken? Ah, let's go. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I. <laughs> okay. So. One of the worst bumps I've ever taken was, without a doubt, it was a choke slam. So this is one of them. But choke slams suck, okay? And <laughs> here's why choke slams suck. Uh, and you'll understand this because you're a wrestler. But like people who don't wrestle don't understand like the idea behind bumping on a, bumping on the wrestling mat. The idea behind bumping on a wrestling mat is the the more stuff that bumps on the mat and covers the surface area, the more impact that's drawn away from you bumping by yourself, okay? So, like, that's why stuff like a sit-out powerbomb or a properly done suplex, even a superplex, doesn't really hurt that bad. But, like, you're talking about, and I did it in training, and this is what sucks. It wasn't even, like, a, it, it was pointless. 
you know? So we were running stuff and I was like, yo, choke slam. I've never taken a proper choke slam. And so it was a big guy. I don't remember who it was, but I remember they were big and they just got me. We were just playing around and it was like, I want to do like a real proper choke slam. So we just like straight up, you know, like Undertaker style. And I was like, douche. And I was like, that was the worst bump I've ever taken in my entire life. And because I mean, you can do it properly, but it's like, man, you're just coming from above the top rope and it's just you on the mat landing next to nobody. And, and it's just like, even if you take the bump properly, dude, the choke slam sucks. It absolutely sucks. Now I don't think that's, that's the worst. It's one of the worst ones I've ever taken. Um, but uh, let me see the worst bump I've ever taken. It was small. Um, and I'm not going to put the person's name out there. Anyone who knows me and they're watching this, they're going to know who I'm talking about. Because I don't believe in like doing the whole heat thing or throwing people under the bus. Yep. But the people watching me, they're going to know who I'm talking about. So we're going to go that far. And so basically it was a power slam. And uh, <clears throat> and once again, I guess more insider stuff. The idea about a power slam is it takes two people. Like it's not just the guy picks you up and throws you over. You know, you have to jump into and feed into a power slam, and you know, you help with the rotation, and the guy, you know, he helps go, go over. You know, just like with most wrestling moves, it takes two people to do them properly. So we go, and I'm like, okay, we're going into this power slam. And the person doesn't grab me correctly, doesn't have control at all. So his one arm is that's supposed to be here under my head is like somewhere over my head up here. And the other arm that's supposed to be deep in my crotch with the control is actually hooking my top leg. So it's like, it, it just, it, I look like, like a towel hanging on like a dish rack. You know what I mean? going over so instead of doing like a full rotation i'm going like at a 45 degree angle and i ended up landing just like awkwardly on my high shoulder slash neck i didn't even fold it's just like i hit the mat unevenly you know kind of like that and it hurt so bad like instantly most of the time if you take a rough bump you don't feel it until after the adrenaline wears off you know what i mean you're a little sore the next day and you can tell where it came from this one hurt instantly and it hurt bad and i was so mad because you know uh i know things happen in the ring and stuff like that but you know we we trust each other with our bodies you know what i mean if you and i are going to wrestle in a match like there's there's already there's already uh, an, an agreement that's in place that i trust you with my body and you trust me with yours um, we talk about, we might talk about what we're comfortable with and what we're not comfortable with and that stuff gets worked out. But at the end of the day, I'm still trusting you with my well-being. you know what I mean? And vice versa. So if we get in there and you tell me that you know how to do a move and we go to do it, it turns out you don't know how to do it. Oh, buddy, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> and I was furious. <laughs> and, uh, so yes, botched power slam worse, uh, worse and the crazy part about it is if you like to look at the move as it was executed it didn't even look that terrible but it was bad <laughs> it was bad and it's uh, those are the bumps so i always tell people either people that don't wrestle or new people i said you can take a thousand good bumps 
and you might feel a little bit of sting, but I said, you take one bad bump and it'll feel like you got into a car accident. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what it was for me. Terrible. Absolutely it. terrible. It's funny because you bring up like stuff that happens at practice. And I don't think I shared this story at any time. Maybe I did like back in season one or something, but anyway, I was the one time I remember sitting on top of the top rope and I looked at, I looked at, I was looking at Sikkim and I was like, Hey, I'm about to, I'm about to do this. And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm going to jump off the top rope. It's the first time I'm going to jump off. I was like, let's go for something crazy. It's like Akira's, Akira's a uh, senton. Let's just go for it. Right. And I remember <laughs> jumping off and hitting the ground. And I was like, I will never do this again ever. <laughs> yeah man (laughs) all the suck all the suck i was like this is terrible and then not even like three weeks later we're back at practice almost the same thing as you're saying right so i had somebody he knows who he is because (laughs) by watching this episode because i'm gonna talk about it and i'll probably clip this part and even put it out there anyway so he's like hey i want to do randy orton's power slam right he's like and it's at practice right so i'm like this is where you're gonna learn this is where you gotta learn and so i i did not know anything about it all i knew was this is a dude he's my he's my veteran and he's gonna know how to how to take care of me yeah so i hit the ropes i come running back and i proceeded to land like one arm out like my head turned like this way. Oh no! Scorpioned over. <laughs> oh no! Are you serious? Oh my gosh! And so, like, oh, see, he didn't even get you all the way over. Yo, I and I don't oh, know how that come happened. Come on, man! But oh. I, remember, I remember landing and like hitting the ground, and then this is the this is the best part. So all of a sudden, I get told, "Oh, you are you okay? Are you okay? Is everything fine?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." So I'm supposed to jump, apparently when this happens and he goes well yeah i was like it would have been nice to know <laughs> I, didn't tell you. Doing this. I was like let's run it back and so we do it oh and the goodness. second time we get it we get it perfect the second time but i was like well yeah he was like well yeah i was like what do you mean well yeah you're supposed to be the trainer yeah i was about to say how does, how does that how does he not tell you that i was like all right bet well i'm gonna learn it next time wow wow <laughs> yeah, see, and that's why when when you talk about doing moves, man, like there's got to be an agreement, dog, like somewhere. Like if we're talking, um, I don't, I, and this thing, people consider me like, I guess, a powerhouse, so to speak, but I don't do any, I don't do any like real power, like besides the pounce, like I don't do a whole lot of pick you up, put you down type moves, you know what I mean? That's not really my style anyway, but like, I don't do a lot of that. Um not that I can't because I can, but uh, it just happens to be not my style. But um, when you talk about those types of moves, man, like if we're talking, I'm like, hey, so I want to do a thing where, uh, you know, you go for little guys like I like to do where they'll shoot like a half Rana on me and I'll stop it and I'll do like a sit out power bomb or something like that. But even that I'll ask, I'm like, hey, you good with taking that? You know, so, like, are you, do you know, especially new guys, man, because um a lot of new people will get in the ring or there's uh it, it it's very surprising well i don't want to say surprising but some of people who are trained properly will be surprised to see how many people actually are wrestling who aren't trained properly 
you know what I mean? And so you get and you, you start to talk about these moves that you want to do. Um, hey, have you ever taken X, Y, and Z? Or, you know, you start calling stuff and they're like, what's that? And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, uh, how, excuse me? Like, how do you not know? Okay, whatever. Um, and you just move on to the next thing and the next thing. Uh, but I really, I go out of my way to make sure. Um, and ever since like the power slam thing, not even ever since the power slam thing, because I've had a couple other situations where, you know, people try to, they tell me that they can do things and it turns out that they can't do them, right. you know, but you don't find out until it's too late. And I'm like, geez, man, like one of you guys are just gonna, like, how have you not like crippled a man yet? You know what I mean? Uh, with this kind of stuff. Uh, but I, it, um, it, it, it pays off to kind of go like the extra mile and to kind of vet, I guess, the things that you do in the ring and you know just be aware of who you're in the ring with and to make sure that the people you're in the ring with know how to do the things that they say um because at the end of the day you have to trust them <laughs> with your well-being but it's up to you to you know kind of determine how much trust you're going to give them there's some people right now there's like there's some people right now that if I got in the ring with them we're doing strikes all day, baby. You're not picking me up and dropping me nowhere. It's not going to happen. I'll bump for you all day, but it won't be because you, 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 you dropped me there. You know what I'm saying? Because yep. it's just, if I have, you know, certain people, if you have to wrestle them, then it's just like, I can say that, right? Like we're keeping it real here. You know what I'm saying? Like I can, okay. All right. I just, cause I'm not like, I'm not throwing anybody no. under the bus, but like, it's yeah. real dog. Like I've, 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 okay. So I've been, uh, I started training what five years ago. So, in in that time, I've had two major injuries. Okay, I tore my ACL when I was training initially, and I had to take a year off for that. And you know, actually, while I was wrestling, um, what were we talking? I think like twenty nineteen. I was twenty nineteen. Was it twenty twenty? I think it's twenty nineteen. I uh, dislocated my shoulder, my right shoulder. Like we're talking, like out, out, popped out. Mm-hmm. and so like you go through those types of injuries and it really 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 it puts perspective because it's not just like oh i'm just i'm too hurt that I, I'm, I'm hurt so i can't wrestle but those injuries are like oh i'm hurt so i can't live daily life <laughs> normally you yeah. know what i'm saying so it's like i can't walk normally i can't go to work you know i can't move literally move my right arm you know so when you get those types of injuries because of wrestling um it really you're just forced to teach yourself to you know uh um just to, to be and I, just to be careful about what you do who you give your body to you know that kind of thing and it makes you be like incredibly anal like and at the same time like i said um i tend to either be like around the same size or bigger than a lot of my opponents so I don't really get the opportunity to bump, but I love to bump. <laughs> and I, I don't tell, like, like, a lot of people don't know this, but it's like, like, I love to bump. So it's like, anytime I'm in the ring with somebody bigger than me, I like get a little excited because I get to get bumped around or like thrown around. I get because, because like, I'm, I, I, I like to sell, you know what I mean? Like, I like to sell. And a lot of times you don't get to sell. Uh, if you don't get bumped around, I mean, I, I still do it anyway, but like, 
<laughs> so I get a little giddy when I'm in the ring with somebody that's like bigger than me or twice my size. Cause um, you know, it's like, I get to get bumped around cause I don't get to do that very often. Um, <laughs> I don't get to do that very often, but uh, like, yeah, man, just, just, just having those injuries and having them happen in wrestling, you know, it's just, uh, it makes you, it, you develop a different mindset <clears throat> when it comes to, you know, just who you trust with what, and you just kind of go like the extra mile with certain stuff. And it, you don't have to be a diva about it. You know what I mean? Um, it makes sense. Yeah. And that's it. And that's, that's the key word, man, safe. Cause that's number one. And people forget that, man, it's wrestling. Like we have to be safe. I tell you all the time. I was like, listen, man, it's, it's clotheslines, a spine buster and a pump handle driver. Yeah, those are, that's, that's it. Like those are the big moves you're going to get hit with. If you yeah, don't like it, you can't take all three of those moves. All right, man, we'll find, we'll find something else. I can throw a Ron on if I need to. I'm not yeah, trying yeah, to, but sure. I can. <laughs> I mean, that kind of stuff, yeah. Go ahead, what you say? No, I, I was going to say, off. man, because we, we're talking about, like, we're moving into another realm where we're talking about, like, giving your body and stuff like that. So I'm very curious, too, because this is another question I like following up with. Who's hit you the hardest? <laughs> so we talking, like, like, potato style? Just, like, <laughs> mm. like. You know what? Or, like, I've never asked. You know what? No one's ever asked me if it's been like shoot or if it's just been in the works. Um, I've okay. So I've never. Uh, let me see. I thankfully I don't think I've ever been on the receiving end of somebody who's just thrown like straight up ham hocks. I've worked with people who were tighter than others and things of that nature. But my favorite is like. Um, uh, so I, I, I like to call it, uh, tight, but not light. you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, uh, so it's like, you know, you work tight, so it's like, <clears throat> you, you make the contact, but it's not enough to hurt somebody, you know, it's enough to make the crowd, you know, react to it, but it's like, it's not going to cripple you. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, and I can't even, I don't even know who hit me the hardest but i do have a story for that i I, um, (laughs) i we were working uh so just either last month or two months ago by now it was uh it was me and jason we were doing our tag team thing and with art of war and we were working a fight matter of fact the match hasn't even dropped yet um because uh, it's gonna drop on IWTV, they all just they just dropped the first episode of uh, the the tapings that they're doing, and I think we're on episode two, so that hasn't dropped yet. But this is the match I'm talking about. Um, so one of my <laughs> it was me and Jason versus uh, Andino and Saul, um, Saul Esparza, right? And so like, <laughs> so one of one of the, the moves that I do, I, the strikes that I do, is just a big left hand. It's just like literally just the big straight left hand, and it usually looks really well, looks really good, high impact and stuff like that. But I've never actually like really caught anybody with it. Like, you know, straight punched them in the face. Right. So we're going over, they're going over this match, right? (laughs) Going over this match. And like, we're, we keep going, we keep getting to the part where, you know, I throw the big left hand at Saul and we're practicing it. And every time we dry run it, Saul does this thing where he like leans in to it right and i only like halfway noticed but i'm just thinking okay maybe we're that we're just going through the motions and andino was looking at him he's like saul keeps leaning into the punch like why is he doing that 
So either way, the spot was that, you know, we bit back and forth and then I duck and then I throw the big left at Saul. So we get to the spot, I duck and I go to throw the left and Saul leans in like a good, like extra foot. So where I usually like get full extension, I punch Saul right in the freaking face. And I mean, like, dog, I <laughs> I cleaned his clock, bro. Like, I was like, yo, how is he still standing? Because I punched him right in the face, dude. Like hard. And it like it come, it's like clear as day on camera that I punched him right in the face. And I felt bad. It, I came this close to breaking, like right there. So it was like, and it was so fast. And we were going home too. Like that was like right before we went home. So it was like, and I ducked and I said, wham, just like that. And I was like, oh. like, and I remember whispering, I was like, dog, you good? He was like, Ugh. and like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if he said anything. I don't know, but like, it was, it was rough. So like right after the match, I went up to him. I was like, saw dog. I punched you square in the jaw, dude. He's like, I'm good. You know, like all smiles. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I saw being polite. Saul is like literally like one of the nicest guys you ever meet. Also one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet. Um, and not on purpose. He's like, <laughs> like, no, Saul's great, man. But he's like, uh, uh, he's like, uh, I don't want to say the office funny, but he's like that kind of funny. But he, he's hilarious, man. So it makes me laugh all the time. But either way, like he was like, I'm great. I'm good, man. No, it was great. It's perfect. It's fine. And I'm like, I'm thinking about myself. It's like, it was not fine. I, I, I punched him so hard. Yeah. Like, I just, I, <laughs> that's the hardest I've ever hit anybody ever in a wrestling ring. The only thing that comes close to that is. Uh, when Jason and I, we, um, I think we debuted for EWA together, um, at the same time, but it was like, they used to have this thing called warehouse wars where their school, the pain factory, they do the warehouse wars deal. So we did, uh, like, that's how you get onto their shows. You, you know, you hit them up and it's like, Hey, we'd like to blah, blah, blah. If they want you on or they want to see you work, they'll get you on the warehouse wars deal thing and they'll see how you work. And then they'll put you on the main show if they want you there. So we got on the warehouse wars and the deal was me and Mike, I was Mike, I called him by his real name. It's Jason Andrews. <laughs> um, <laughs> me and Jason were wrestling. He wasn't even Jason Andrews at the time. He was under a hood. He wore a mask and he called himself Dragonfly. <laughs> it's, he hates it, dude. If he watches this, he's going to be so mad at me for bringing this up because <laughs> he hated that gimmick, dude. It's so funny. Uh, but anyway, it was me. I was me. I was me. Like I, I was AK Willis and he's Dragonfly. So I was like, all right, so I'm going to work with your leg. So um, the, 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 like, there's a spot where I was going to do something to get separation from him and I was going to kick him like under his leg and so I kicked him but yeah I um I yeah I, I kicked him <laughs> like I kicked him and I kicked him hard like right under like right under like his knee on the back like on his hamstring and I kicked him so hard and like I felt it when I kicked him hard and I was like oh man he's gonna be mad at me after that because I kicked him <laughs> really hard and I was like <laughs> I was like he's gonna be upset about that and I still to this day I still hear about how hard I kicked him in that but like those two man just like 
if you you're probably gonna ask, well, maybe not Saul, because Saul's probably been hit harder because he wrestled um Alexander James. Yeah, Alexander James. Yeah, and, yeah, and he he did. They they beat the tar out of each other. So that's probably not the hardest that Saul's ever been hit. But Jason will probably tell you that's the hardest he's ever been hit when I kicked him in the back of the leg. So um <laughs> I've had those. I've had those. Yeah, I felt so bad about it, but it's just, I mean, you learn, and I'm glad I did it to him and not, like, you know, some vet who was going to turn around and just, like, you know, pull me back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I'd rather just be able to learn my strength, and, you know, you that's, you know, the saying in wrestling, you hit your friends the hardest, so. Yep. But safely. with me. That's, you know, it's funny, it's like, (laughs) we talk about with Chaz, like, I talk about here all the time with Chaz and I, like, Whenever Chaz and I want to turn up the intensity in a match, the first thing we do is we just dog slap the shit out of each other. Yeah, just bud. Full hand. And then what ended up happening, I was working a practice match for another promoter for a show that he wanted me to be on at my trainer's place, right? Uh... And so we're working the practice match, and me and another friend are talking about the practice match, and he'd been out for about five months, and he was like, yo, I'm ready to get back into this. You know, we can work a practice match. It's going to look real good. I'm like, I right, bet. He's like, First thing that we're going to do, we're going to tie up. I'm just going to take control because, you know, I'm bigger than you. Like, bad, whatever. He's like, and the second time, you're going to get around me, and then I'm going to punch you, and then I'm going to hit you with a forearm into the ropes, and then we'll go from there. All right, cool. So he's like, we like just shadow boxing, testing his range, right? We get in a match. Boom. Dead <laughs> in the teeth. <laughs> just get blasted. And like, immediately, he's just like, dude, are you okay? I was like, I'm fine. Keep it going. And like, then he hits me with a form. And then from there, like character work, just, just automatic happens. And I just, yeah. out and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I see dots. And he's like, dude, got <laughs> up and hit me. <laughs> Let's go, man. Like we're in it now. Let's go. Like, well, Let's it's go. Way too long. Yo, it's way too long. It's, it's, Look, there's too much time that's gone by now to apologize about punching me in the mouth. Right. Even exactly, if it's five man. seconds ago, it's too long. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> oh, I was like, I don't know if I get it too. I remember like feeling my teeth. I was like, dude, this is crazy. <laughs> but he was like, Are you sure you can be all right? I'm like, I'm I'm totally fine. We'll be fine. We'll keep it going. Uh <laughs> so let's say like you get done with your shows, right? Mm-hmm. You're not tearing out the ring and whatnot. What's your post-match meal? meal oh okay so when i wrestle so i try to watch what i eat like and especially now okay so i had had a really rough summer i was going through some health issues over the summer and i actually put on some weight and so like towards the end of the summer like august no like probably like september like not going into october is when i really started to lose a lot of that weight that i put on in the summer so like I've been doing like intermittent fasting, like that kind of thing, like food windows, that kind of thing. So like I've been watching what I eat, but when I wrestle is when I eat the worst and I don't, I don't care. I'm okay with it. So like dog, so like, it depends on where I go. So if I'm anywhere in Pennsylvania, then we're going to sheets. All right. Anywhere in Pennsylvania, it's sheets. Like it's a must. There's no sheets in Maryland. Um, uh, especially not on the Eastern shore where I live. So like me and Jason, we always, we're always like nine times out of 10 if we're up in PA, we're riding together. And so it's like sheets. Um, I, some disgusting fried food concoction at sheets <laughs> at their PA show. Now, if we're up in Maryland, uh, like if we're at EWA or something like that, then it's a Big Mac. I don't know why. I don't eat at McDonald's really. 
<laughs> like that. But it's something about the way I feel after I wrestle to where I want a Big Mac. I don't know why. <laughs> like, and nothing else from McDonald's. Literally nothing else. But I got to have a Big Mac after I finish wrestling. But outside of that, man, it's just, I mean, really, whatever. But um, so, like, the places I've been wrestling recently, it's it's either Maryland or Pennsylvania. Those have been, like, the places I've been frequenting the most over, like, the last uh you know year half a year or whatever i've done jersey a couple times and um but yeah it's either either sheets or mcdonald's like post um now if i get lucky and i'm wrestling in delaware then i just go home and my wife has food cooked <laughs> and that's great as well yeah. you know what i mean but i don't know dude like you go you go through all this time and you're watching what you eat and it's like you can only eat like between this time and that time and you're, you work full time and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, honestly, like after I wrestle, that's when I want to, that's when I want to be able to eat like whatever I want. Right. You know? So like my post wrestling meal and I'm probably breaking all types of freaking, like there's probably like, there's probably wrestlers who would watch this and be like, oh, that's terrible for you. And it's like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. No, I, <laughs> I don't I 100%, care. I'm like, yo, like. Because I have a diet and I do watch what I eat and, you know, but when it comes to like my post wrestling meals, like you said, it's just, it's whatever. Yes. If yes. I can, if it's in my, I like, to be fair, like after, after a wrestling show, it's the seafood diet. If I see it. Yes, man. Going with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I totally, yeah. I, I definitely overindulge like after I wrestle. And then like I wake up the next day and I'm like, man, I probably shouldn't have done that. But it's <laughs> a good I thing I don't. That. It's like it's a good thing I don't eat like this every day. You know what I mean? Because I'd be screwed. But yeah, after I wrestle. For sure. So I'm curious, man. Like what's been like one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn in wrestling so far? Um... Uh, so I think one of the hardest lessons is, so when I started wrestling, um, I probably have like a couple answers for this question, but number one is, uh, when I started wrestling, I took to it really well. Killian and I actually started training like around the same time. He started like a month before I did. And, um, we were training and we were pretty much like, as we were training, we both took to it like really well. Um, so, uh, you know, we just picked up on things. I don't want to say naturally, but we picked up on things really quick and, um, we were able to work, we were able to like progress through steps of training really well. And, you know, as we got through training, you know, you could tell, we could tell that this was something that we were going to be able to be good at, you know what I mean? Something that we'd be able to get into and call ourselves talented. And then I injured my knee. And I tore my ACL. I didn't even do it doing anything fancy, dog. Like, you know, you see people tear their ACLs and like football and stuff like that. They're like either making a pivot move or they're trying to stop and go one way. I literally, I just planted my foot to take off across the ring and my knee popped. And that was my ACL. And um, for me, so at that, that, and then fast forward two years later to where I actually, I, I dislocated my shoulder. Um. I think those were the, the hardest lesson in wrestling for me was that at any given time, like your body can give up on you and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, um, we, we do all this stuff in wrestling. We do all this training and, you know, we learn all these, excuse me, we learn all these rules 
and stuff like that to keep ourselves safe and keep our opponents safe, you know, um, to protect each other and everything like that. We do all this stuff. We go out of our way to do all this stuff to be safe. And sometimes the thing that injures you and takes you out of wrestling for a year plus is just putting one foot in front of the other and trying to walk. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Stuff like that, dude. And that's harsh because, you know, you got, you got all these plans, all these ideas and all this stuff you want to do in wrestling. Um, and this isn't like, we're not, we're not, we're not contracted workers. You know, this isn't our full, like we don't get paid. It, it's not our full-time job, you know? So like, we also have like work full-time jobs to consider like actual real life on the other end of things. And, you know, uh, just the fact that your body can just literally say, you know what, you're not wrestling for another year, you know, and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's a lot to process, dude. It does a lot to you mentally, you know, because you're going through this and it's like, yeah, I'm good at wrestling. I can do this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good at this. I'm going to pursue this. I'm good at it. Um, and then your body just decides to give up one day or just, and, and it sucks. And it is, I almost didn't come back from wrestling. Like I almost quit after I tore my ACL because it's like, it's, it's a really rough recovery process, you know, from the surgery um, to be able to just move normally, like you used to be able to let alone be physically active enough to wrestle, you know, and go back to how you were before, you know, um, it's rough, man. And uh, that was, I, it was mentally really, really hard. Um, uh, because there's so much telling you that, you know, you'll just, you'll never be able to do that again. And you have to fight all that. You know what I mean? You just have to literally fight all the thoughts that are like, you know, well, you probably shouldn't wrestle anymore. I'm in my late twenties. You know, most people get this thing started when they're after they're 18 or 19, you know what I mean? And so here I am in my late twenties. I got a full, I have a career, you know, I'm married. So it's like, what business do I have after I destroy my knee and have it surgically repaired to keep trying to wrestle, you know? It's like, you got all these things that are telling you not to do it. And um, yeah, uh, that, <laughs> that, and, um, and I, 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 the, the, the second, the second answer to the question, and I'll be short with this one is just that, um, and we talked about this earlier. Some people are just, it's, it's it, no, um, no. And that's one of the hardest lessons to learn as a wrestler is just, you're going to have to get used to no, you know? Yep. And so even when we're talking about like reaching out to promoters and them, no selling you, leaving you on red, it's still a no, cause it's not a yes. You right. know what I mean? Anything that's not a yes is a no. And just, you really, 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 really have to get used to hearing no and you're and dealing with it because i mean if if they're not if they don't want you on they're not going to put you on you know what i mean if they don't have a spot for you then they don't have a spot for you there's nothing that you can do that can change that except keep wrestling keep grinding get better to where they want to put you there um and that man actually can thinking about it that might even be a harder lesson to learn than like the whole injury thing because you know uh that can actually play into 
uh, you know, insecurities that you might have about yourself. You know what I mean? It's like, man, maybe I do suck. You know, I've been trying to get in this one promotion for two years and I've gotten better. I've gotten more places. I've gone farther than I ever thought I could. These people still won't book me. Maybe I am trash. You know, ah, you start thinking like that. Um, it's hard to fight off those types of thoughts. And all that stems from hearing no over and over and over and over and over and over again. So you just got to see. I mean, just like being a salesman, you know what I mean? Uh, just imagine how many times a door to door salesman hears no. Or like somebody that works in a call center that does cold calls, who just calls random numbers. Think about how many times they get hung up on or hear no. Like that's you as a wrestler, you know? You're gonna, you're, that's going to be you as a wrestler. I don't care who you are unless you're like one of the few people that get TV deals right after they train. Um, but those are one in a million people. But right. people like us, people like us who train at, you know, like, you know, humble places and, you know, have to go through lo- the local independent scene, like that's going to be you just hearing no and um just coming to terms with the fact that you should get used to no you should expect no um or nothing almost to the point where you're surprised if someone reaches out you know i was like yeah we'd love to have you on you know um a lot of the connections i've made in the places i've been to were through other places you know, like, uh, uh, like when we wrestle for fight, it's because Johnny saw me at one CW, you know, or when I'm, I wrestle for a pizza party pro up in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, that's because the promoter saw me at SWO, you know, stuff like that. That's how you get your bookings, really. I mean, but we're talking about those cold calls, so to speak, where you're just hitting random promoters up. You know, I mean, even if you got some buzz to your name, it's you're still going to hear a lot of no's or like a lot of no cells. And it's just like, yep, super rough. And I think as a wrestler, that's because it's enough, especially when you get started and you think you're you think you're something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you feel confident about yourself and you're like, I have so much to offer the wrestling business. I have so much to offer these people. They would probably love to have me. I'm exactly what you need for your promotion. And then it's a no from them, you know? And then it's a no from the people that you hit up after them. And you, you take a whole day, you spend a whole day sending your resume out to all these different promotions. And it's like, man, I hit all these people up. There's no way I'm going to come up with nothing. All of them are either no or nothing. And it's like, what, you know? Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why I have a podcast. Because I'm like, hey, let me bring your promotion on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk. Because then at that, at that point, I have face-to-face. I've had a lot of people just tell me, like, you know, we've always talked about, like, having guests on here. Like, I've had so many people just either blow me off or tell me no. And I'm like, hey. Or the worst ones, and this is, this is probably worse than a no and it's probably worse than someone who ghosts you is when someone says yes and then they don't show. Oh, that's the worst. That's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually, I had one promotion and it actually worked out because I was able to book something directly, like super close to that. I had one promotion book me and I reached out to them because they, they were, I, they did a terrible job of promoting their show. But this is when they were like just getting started out anyway. Right. And I reached out to them um, like the day before the show. And the promoter was like full disclosure on me. He was like, I forgot that I booked you. 
<laughs> I was like, man, we talked about paying everything right here, dude. And he was like, yeah, dog, I don't have a spot for you, man. And I'm like, okay. Like, because you know how it is as a wrestler, man. Like, you got, you got, we have real lives. So we have to plan our weekends here, you right. know? <laughs> We have to put these weekends together in advance. So it's like I was supposed to come up, you know, it's like a four hour drive. You know, I'm I'm getting a hotel like that night. So I don't have to drive back home. And, you know, now you're telling me you didn't book like what? <laughs> you know, so it was just, yeah, that, that was just like that. That's only happened to me once, though. Um, <laughs> that's only happened to. But that's weird. That's a weird circumstance. To actually, tell someone you're, you like agree to terms. Yep. Even to the point where a pay and the day comes and it's like, oh, I don't have a spot for you. That was so weird. That was that was so weird. But that did happen to me. It reminded me of that when you said that people, you know, don't show up. But it, it's got to suck on your end because it's like, like, this is oh, your you time. Get, yeah, you get loaded up and everything's ready to go when you hit the person up and they just ghost you. Yeah, what is oh, that, man? And I had to take the time. I made your index card for you too, so the graphic card comes up for the for the pocket. Yeah, and you didn't show, and I'm like, whatever. It's a waste of a card, I guess. But Just, it is what it is. I've had have... it happen a few times. I'm like, mm, whatever. And then and then I get then this is the best when it hits you up and tell you, hey, um, yeah, sorry, um, I'm I can show up next. And I'm like, mm, yeah, you know what? I have a person that day. <laughs> Uh, just have a little more respect for someone's time you know what i mean that's uh i don't like that (laughs) that's weird to me like um especially wrestlers man that's that that should be a part of our discipline is like to respect other people's time and you know uh effort when it comes to doing things like this it should kind of be a part of your discipline to like respect that uh it's just kind of weird to just be like nah <laughs> you know just well, like we could talk we could talk names after 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 this is all wrapped up we ain't gonna drop names fine. now but uh, no no we don't do that we don't do that but those are kind of like all like the big heavy questions that i do have but we do have to get into the second best segment of the three count podcast people ask me what's the first it's the red dogs power rankings you guys by know this by now okay you catch us <laughs> every sunday on our debate show but this is the three count podcast 10 count questions and Mr. Willis, this is how it works. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you. Whatever's your answer, that's your answer. Okay. We're going to put on the imaginary timer for add pressure. Bing! <laughs> we go. Smackdown or Raw? Smackdown. Favorite movie? Uh, Django Unchained. Let's go. PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Favorite color? I don't have one. <laughs> Fair enough. Batman or Spider-Man? Ooh, Spider-Man. Favorite slam? Spinebuster. Always. It's the best. Uh, Naruto or Dragon Ball? Uh, Dragon Ball because I don't know anything about Naruto. (laughs) (laughs) So by default. Favorite (laughs) podcast? Um, The... uh, so my favorite TV show is The Wire, and there's a uh, podcast that covers each and every episode, and it does deep dives since each and every episode. It's called uh, Way Down in the Hole, and it's uh, with Jamel Hill. 
the uh, lady that used to be on uh, ESPN. Hey. That's my favorite podcast. It's awesome. That or the Attitude Era podcast, but everybody knows about that. Okay. Yes. Then nominate one person that you want to see on this show. Uh, oh, man, there's so many people. Has Andino done your show? He has. He has. Of course he has. Uh, he's, um, uh, Twice, Saul, yes. has Saul been here? No, so Saul is someone I want to bring on. Yes, gets dude. He's so yeah, man. You got to get. I'm laughing just thinking about him sitting there and having to answer your questions. It's making me laugh. You got, (laughs) you got to get Saul. It's it's weird. (laughs) And last but not least, my favorite question asked every single person who comes on this show: favorite curse word. Uh, I don't have one. (laughs) I don't have one, man. I don't. It's, it's weird. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I usually only curse out of anger. So it's like, I, I, I yeah, like when I'm mad, I'll like just, uh, it's got to be the F-bomb. It's got to be. It's got to be. Because Listen. it's just, it's so versatile. It, oh, yeah. No, no, no. I tell everybody, like, hey, full transparency. Like, I, I, and it's funny, I probably should have mentioned this before we start recording. Oh, yeah, this is, a, this is a podcast where if you're dropping curse words, you're dropping curse words. It does yeah, not matter. Yeah. So I tell everybody, I was like, if you don't go check out the history of the F word on YouTube, which is only like a five minute long video. Okay. It's- I'm going to need to do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send you the links so that way you can check it out. It's like one of my favorite videos of all time. But uh, yeah, those are all of our questions. So all the last thing I need is for you to let our viewers and our listeners know where they can find you. Okay, you can find me at, uh, it's very easy, all my socials, you can just look me up, A.K. Willis. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, A.K. Willis. Twitter is actually, you can find me, A.K. Willis, but my handle is at Target Acquired, at Target, A.K. underscore Acquired. So I know that's kind of weird, but just A.K. Willis on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and that's where all my stuff is. And I actually have enough footage on the interwebs to where you can YouTube me and I'll pop up there too. So if you want to check out some work of mine, um, I'm on the tubes as well. So also don't forget to go to his whatamaneuver.net for a slash. Yes, please do that. Slash AK Willis. I know I've seen it. I was like, shout out to what a maneuver, dude. They have really good shirts. Like, honestly, yeah. they're, they're really, really nice t-shirts. They're great. And they're cheap to work with, so they're great. Love Water Maneuver. I love, I love my Water Maneuver store. I'm not gonna lie. Yes, I, dude. Full transparency. We also have a pro wrestling tease for the Three Count Podcast, as well as the Red Dog uh, Store. But you know, Water Maneuver as well. They're gonna be mm-hmm. also having their stuff for the Three Count Podcast. So yeah, dog. Shout out. Them, <laughs> big, big shout out to those guys. But you guys know what that means. So we gotta take us home. We got let's go. go. So this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. And like I said, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. That's right. You could call me your Sherpa, but like every good Sherpa, you gotta have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you. That's why it's never about me, but it's about who's entering the ring. And you see him right there next to me, the big man himself, A.K. Willis, the master of the pounce and the spine buster. So you guys right, know what you right. do. Tune into the next episode and be there. Or you wait for this episode to end, you wait for the <laughs> outro, and you choose another episode. That's it. Peace. I love it. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want you to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, 
Find us at the three count underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the three count pod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. Oh, at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show us some support, please.